everyone, and welcome to season two of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. We're your host, Lauren, that's me, and Lachlan, that's the other one. That's right, and each week we're here to talk about a new chapter of Percy Jackson, The Olympians, The Sea of Monsters. We'll deep dive into the plot, the characters, emotionally charged memories the book brings up for us, and pretty much anything else that comes to mind. The Lightning Thief was a wild ride, and we're so excited to be back with Sea of Monsters. So grab your nectar and ambrosia and settle in for this episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. As always, I am one of your two co-hosts, Lauren. And I'm Lachlan. And I think the first time we recorded this, you forgot to say our names and we didn't say our names the entire time. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. Which is kind of funny. So, you know, it's probably for the best we had to re-record. Yeah, probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we had to re-record this episode. So <laughs> let's see how that goes. Yeah. Um, you know, at least it won't be 10 times like with that one chapter in The Lightning Thief. The end of chapter 10? Yes. No, I think it was chapter 9 and, and beginning of chapter 10. Yeah, it was, it was a rough It was time. rough. It was a rough Those were dark days. Dark days. Um, moving on though, we're into the happy days of chapter seven, but before Ooh. we get into the fun chapter seven, we have to do our recap of chapter six. Um, and Lachlan, do you have a recap for us? That I do, my friend. <laughs> so chapter six, last week, demon pigeons. So Percy, Tyson, apparently they're bros. You know who's happy about it? Tyson. Who's not happy about it? Percy and the rest of camp. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm just dying over Laura trying to laugh silently and me actually laughing out loud. Anyway, everyone bullies Percy a lot. Percy says things about Tyson behind his back about how they're not real brothers. It's all very upsetting. Percy and Ameth get in a fight and decide they're not going to be buddies for the chariot race. And then... Oh yeah, we learn about Pegasi very briefly and how they also don't like Tyson, but Beckendorf does. Beckendorf likes Tyson. Beckendorf is the best. He's the best. Anyway, Luke gets, Percy gets upset about Luke again, because when are we not upset about Luke? And then Percy has more dreams about Grover, but nothing well, actually, no, no. He has an important dream about Grover, which you can revisit last episode for, which we'll talk about a little bit more this time in this chapter. And then we get to the actual chariot race or Percy and Tyson. Percy puts aside his, his issues and decides that they're going to be buddies in the chariot race, which yes. then gets completely derailed by over a million birds attacking all the campers. They manage to get rid of that. And Tangelis is angry at them for some reason, having to do with that. And you know that that's it. We'll that's it. we'll circle back to that. We'll circle back to the dream about Grover. It'll be yeah. great. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that is that, <laughs> that was so chaotic. That um, was really in depth, and it probably didn't need to be. But that's but okay. I hope there's at least one person out there who has chosen not to listen to episode six, but is now like, you know what? That was a great recap, but I'm also intrigued and I want to know more. Like it was helpful, but they still want to go back and listen. I, Please I listen to all so. the episodes. I hope so. Cause it, it, feels, it sounds like you need that to happen. So I hope it happens for you. I, I um, really hope it happens for me. 
And yeah. for them. I think it would be good for them, too. It would be good for them. Um, but let's get into chapter seven. I accept gifts from a stranger, which I'm assuming everyone here has, a, has unless you're homeschooled, you might have attended an elementary school where, you know, you had a day where cops came into the school and they sat you down and they told you stranger yep. danger. Um, mm-hmm. Please remember that when strangers offer you gifts, even though Percy doesn't. Oh, but going off of that, though, and saying, like, gifts at school and things so no don't accept gifts from strangers but my school at least also had like the candy grams on valentine's day where random strangers assuming hopefully your fellow students will like give you gifts of candy like what if it was this what if it was something creepy you don't know just random people giving you chocolate you hope it's not poisoned i don't know (laughs) did okay when they did candy grams at our school it was always students who handed them out did non-students hand them out for you no it was students but it's still like i feel like there are ways you could tamper with the system if you really wanted to okay we're we're moving on we're moving on (laughs) anyway so yes so So, jumping back into the chariot the chariot race of where we ended last time tantalus decided that the birds only became an issue because tyson annabeth and percy made it an issue of like once they attack the birds then it's a problem i also love how annabeth definitely had another child of athena in the chariot with her and Mm -hmm. that person just gets off scot-free like they don't get blamed at all (laughs) No, it's 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 the trio. It's it's the trio, two point mm, not two point because that sounds like Grover isn't great, and I love Grover. It's the trio version two. Yeah, two. We'll, go we'll go with that. Mark two. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yes, they are the ones that caused the issue, not anyone else, not Annabeth's teammate, nobody. And so, as punishment, they get put on kitchen patrol which involved cleaning all of the pots and plates from the big lunch of all the dead birds using lava which is like a strong choice yeah. you know i imagine it, it definitely kills any bacteria but, but also, still, how are they not like, dead yeah seriously like they should be dead just even being that close to love yeah should kill you. it's just yeah and also like since is kitchen patrol like a normal uh punishment or is this just something that like tantalus like thought of or, resurrected like, like, yeah resurrected like it was a band, like the chariot races like, I just have, yeah like i feel like this would also have to have a high injury slash mortality rate similar to the chariots but, but i will say this is the only time anyone's gotten punished and i've been like this feels like an ap- appropriate punishment unlike <laughs> kill someone no desserts I wouldn't, I wouldn't say necessarily it's appropriate. I would say it's on brand. I mean, I, I, I do agree like that, more... that murder just deserves a bigger punishment, but I wouldn't say that having to wash dishes with lava is a no, punishment. But I mean, like, okay. <laughs> this is also the only non-food-based punishment we get at camp. Like, Though it is somewhat food-based because they are cleaning up the dishes from the food. Do they get, did they get to be part of the luncheon or do they just have oh, to clean up? Oh, I hope up? they did. Did they just have to clean up after? Um, uh, I'm also wanting to know who their lava s- supplier is because we have lava apparently clean the dishes. We have lava for the rock wall. Where are they getting it from? Maybe maybe they like make their own. Do they just tunnel down to the center of the earth? It's like here Probably. it is. 
like that that's like a, that's like a Hephaestus cabin thing it's like a, it's like yeah. a hazing thing your first week in the Hephaestus cabin like hey go check out the lava pipe and you're like there's no lava pipe and then you just get blasted with like it's like air. the movie volcano Tommy Lee Jones I watched that recently and Hesh it's a good time oh is they, that ha- they have a lava tunnel that went through like the subway underneath is LA. that the one where the volcano explodes out of nowhere yes oh yes and then and then suddenly there's a volcano in LA the only scene I've seen from that is where the children try to go up the mountain to save their grandma who for some reason won't leave oh no this is a different movie then then I'm I'm thinking of a different we're talking about a different movie there's some there was no grandma really (laughs) no grandma (laughs) anyway I'm also imagining like maybe this is a part two of the punishment of someone has to go collect the lava from the climbing wall to bring back to the kitchen Ooh, like that maybe, doesn't sound sanitary maybe it like erupts and they start to walk around with the pot trying to catch it that doesn't sound sanitary <laughs> i mean it's lava it kills as percy says 99.9 percent of all germs no but still like i don't i feel like you need separate <laughs> lava <laughs> well either way tyson doesn't care too much about this punishment because you know he's fireproof Good for him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Annabeth and Percy are just trying to get by with this. But this does create a lovely parent trap forced into the same cabin to bond moment for the two of them, where they start to talk again. And Annabeth re-listens to Percy's story about the dream he had about Grover. And she actually listens this time to him and processes what he's saying. And so she realizes that Grover was talking about the golden fleece that that is what is on this island wherever he is that's what was drawing all the satyrs in because the magic of the fleece was similar to that of pan and this fleece is something that is yeah you go ahead yeah and then the fleece also in the original myth was found by this dude named Jason and he had found out where it was from the gray sisters and that's another reason she put it together because it always like Mm -hmm. felt to me where animus just like all of a sudden was like the fleece like she yeah. just like, uh, like you know the plot just suddenly decided to grant her this you know she just knew it a little too easily so there was other clues um and then the story of the fleece is one of my favorite things yeah yeah so she puts it all together luckily percy does try again by talking to her about it and so with this they decide that they are going to try to force tantalus to give them a quest like it's it's their buddy they got to go rescue him because he's being trapped on this island because not only can they save grover but they can save grover and the camp Mm -hmm. because the fleece what it does is once you put it in your land or something or you hang on a tree in the kingdom it sort of makes the whole kingdom better Mm -hmm. um so by doing so it can also it also is great it has great healing powers so Mm -hmm. it will in theory heal the tree from the poison we also get confirmation here, I think for the first time, that Grover is has been kidnapped by the Cyclops Polyphemus, yes, who Annabeth again, says is the worst of the Cyclopses. And again, it kind of felt like Annabeth is pulling this out of her butt. Like, all of a sudden, <laughs> she's like, Golden Fleece, Polyphemus, Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Like, she just... yeah she just kind of like it was always a little like a little too perfect the fact that she just instantly figured it all out to me <laughs> well you know she she's child of athena she solves puzzles you know and this is all just all the pieces of the puzzle were handed to her to be yeah, able true. to put together figure out what's going on yeah 
And so she says that the island is in the sea of monsters. Dun, dun, dun. Which means according to rules, we can close the book now because the title has been mentioned. There we go. It's done. We did it, guys. Great work, everyone. (laughs) So this sea is, of course, full of all the worst monsters you could potentially imagine. Yep. Yep. There you go. And like Olympus and everything else, it has moved with the times. And now it's in, you know, a somewhat unknown place. No one's really talked about that. I love much. how Percy points it out because mm-hmm. Percy is the one who brings it up. Where like, how can you hide that? Like, I yeah. can get it. Like, somehow he understands that, like, you know, Mount Olympus is super high up, so mm-hmm. the mist prevents it. Um, Mortals will interact with it, down, so the mint the mist protects it, and then no one's going there. But like a sea of monsters, like people explore oceans, they travel, they yeah. on cruises. How do you hide a sea of monsters? And Annabeth just sort of replies with, well, they don't. Mm-hmm. They call it the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. There you go. And Percy's like, yeah, okay. We know where to look at least. And Annabeth's like, dude, that's a huge area. Like, the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle is not small. Yeah. Like, that's a large amount of sea that you'd have to cover to find. Because that's all they have. They don't have anywhere specifically within the, the Bermuda Triangle. It's, it's like, just it's- that. It's huge, but mm-hmm. Percy, with you know the most confidence he can ever muster, is like, well, you know, I'm the son of the sea god, so we good. Like, yeah, he- we're gonna find it. I'm gonna be able to tackle all the monsters. Like, no big deal. Like, does he think he'll be able to talk to them and control him them like I, he can with like fish and stuff? I assume it'll be like Grover with uh, uh, Cerberus, where he was able to understand the Cerberus mm-hmm. before Cerberus tried to kill him. Yeah. Like, so, so a little tag team like Percy. We'll talk to the sea monsters, figure out what's what, and Annabeth will come in with some new trick to like save the day, get yes. the monsters on their side, and they'll sneak past, save Grover. It'll be just, great. Just bring some red rubber balls, and then you're fine. There we go. Perfect. I think it's a great plan. Yeah, they got this. Yeah. Yeah. So the two of them decide that they are going to share their plan with all of camp at the campfire tonight to try to force Tantalus into giving them the quest because if they get everybody on board peer pressure will work definitely I guess the guy that spent like a thousand years in the fields of punishment but peer like, pressure it's fine peer pressure works yeah like you can years. you can say no to one person but like when you get that many people like cheering yeah. for something <laughs> yeah also at the very end of this little scene Ambus tells Percy to hand her the lava spray gun. Like, I just want to remind everyone the danger of what they're doing. A lava spray gun, really? Also, like, it just, how is it not just spraying everywhere and hitting them? Like, mm-hmm. I, I drop, like, noodles into a boiling pot and I get splashed. Yeah. Like, how do you not? Yeah. Because all it says, like, are they, I think it says they're wearing gloves. And that's but it. But are they wearing, like, full body suits with masks and headgear? Like, I get wet washing dishes. Like, there's yeah. no way they're able to avoid and oh, not yeah. get in I don't know. They're just, they're special, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, so we, we get to the campfire. And we get a nice little mention of all the songs they're singing, including Down by the Aegean. I am my own great, 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 great grandpa, which is my personal favorite. And this land is Minos's land. We also hear about Minos. How's Minos? Okay. 
I don't know. It sounds more Greek to me. I just realized we haven't argued about a pronunciation of a name in a little bit while. So I oh, just so you just to- had to bring it up. But I think I've pronounced Minos. <laughs> Let us know what you think, folks. <laughs> anyway, so we learn about the magic of the campfire. I don't know. I can't remember now if this was discussed in Lightning Thief at all or if this is. Uh, I can't remember, but if it was or wasn't, we'll just give a little recap of it. Um, so basically, the louder you sing, the higher it rise and it changes colors and heat with the mood of the crowd. So like if you guys are all into it and chanting and cheering and singing and having the best time of your life, like say maybe, I don't know, some kid just came back from the first quest ever and saved the whole world and you're all really excited. You know, you might get like flames 20 feet high, bright purple and so hot that the first rose uh, marshmallows all burst into flames. But let's say you're sitting around the campfire and Dionysus is no longer there because he's bored and Chiron is gone and the tree is dying and the camp's walls are dying and you've been attacked twice in three days and there's some dude from the field of punishment sort of sitting there staring at you guys you're gonna get like a five foot high barely warm flames the color of lint fire I wonder how bad it would have to be for the fire to just not light at all like it would there ever be a day where everyone's just so upset they just can't even get it going or like a single curl of smoke. I I feel like by the act of them being there around the fire lights it itself. I feel like it has to be fully empty for there to be nothing. Like I feel like because okay. you know what I feel like at the end of the day they're all together and I feel like that's what matters more than anything. So mm-hmm. I feel like we get something out of it. Well, isn't that just beautiful? Also, like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so. All the, the the singing finishes, or at least Tantalus decides as the singing is over, and decides to call everyone around, saying he's he's got some announcements. And I personally would not ever want to know what sort of announcements and schedule changes he has planned for everyone, because it just sounds you know it's going to be terrible. It's not going to be fun for anyone there. But Percy decides to cut him off by announcing to the whole group that he has a plan to save the camp. He and Ava stand up together against Tantalus to share their plan. Yes! Yes. And so he says that they know where the Golden Fleece is. He explains the dream and what he and Annabeth plan to do. She backs him up by being smart with her words, which I did not sound just now, but, you know, makes everyone believe that this is a legitimate plan and not just Percy trying to get attention since everyone kind of hates him right now. And Tantalus tries to cut them off by saying, like, oh, we don't need saving. This is nonsense. Everyone just looks at him like, dude, yeah, are, you, dude like, are you insane? Like, have you not, not seen what's see? going on lately? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, like the bulls, the birds. The bulls and the birds. So what what other bee monster could come up next? Ooh, basilisk. No, this isn't Harry Potter. Oh, no, no, I think that might still be a thing maybe in this world (laughs) i feel like it comes up at some point maybe down the line um yeah bulls birds battlestar galactic (laughs) perfect there we go we got it so tantalus does point out that like you don't have an exact location all you have is the sea of monsters which is a good point but Percy's brain turns on and he remembers 
the numbers. His, his two brain cells just click into place. Yes. They, there's a synapse in his neurons and he's good to go. <laughs> and he would Jimmy Neutron zoom into his ear and see those, <laughs> those, uh, those brain cells going. Yeah. So he just shouts out 30, 31, 75, 12, which some folks may remember are the numbers the Gray sisters told him in the taxi and that this is the location of the thing you seek. I also love the image of Percy just randomly jump, just screaming at these numbers and everyone being like, dude, what the frick? Mm -hmm. There we go. Got to wait for season two of the show for that. Yes. Yep. And so Percy says like, these are the sailing coordinates and Annabeth agrees, backs them up like 30, 30 degrees, 31 minutes north, 75 degrees, 12 minutes west. Like that's somewhere she magically knows off the coast of Florida, sea of yeah. monsters. It's perfect. Instantly knows where coordinates are. I do love this that. whole plan. Like Annabeth is fully carrying it on her back. Like Percy's oh, yeah. there throwing out some ideas, but she's the one that's like making this happen right now. She, I'm, I, the plot is just whispering into her ear yes. what she needs to know. To she is carrying along. it all on her shoulders right now. And that starts off as everyone realizes they finally figured it out. That starts with a chant of, we need a quest. We need a quest. And the flames are rising as everyone gets more and more excited. And Tantalus is trying to shut it down, but they're chanting. And finally he's like, fine, I'll give you a quest. Um, and everyone's like, yes, as Tantalus is like, I'll give it to the champion of camp, someone who has proven themselves time and time again, that our champion will consult the Oracle and take two people and our champion will be, pause for dramatic effect, Clarice. Ah, um, ah. <laughs> um, which, yeah, you know, half, half of the campers cheer and support mainly you know the Aries cabin yeah Clarice jumps up and says like I will accept the quest meanwhile Annabeth and Percy are protesting some other Athena campers are on their side everyone's starting to fight and then finally Tantalus shouts at all of them to shut up and tells also, them to sit down. I would, like, I would like to point out that some people are protesting Percy because they're like you had your chance last summer you just want to be in the spotlight mm. again which like mm-hmm that makes a little sense like I can see how that could be interpreted that way well I guess like because one of the issues is like when you think about the number of demigods that have existed throughout time and the number of like heroes you know like there are so few names that are passed down and it's ones that did great thing great things and all the others like didn't live without risk but just didn't get this like special shining light from the gods for their special moment. So they may have died like horrific, horrible deaths and are just forgotten about in time. Like think about all the names only Chiron remembers. Yeah. And no one else knows anymore. So like yeah, it, it is a point of like the only way to be remembered or to really feel like you've accomplished anything as a demigod is to have a quest. Exactly. And so, so to see this Percy's name will be remembered. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to see this kid show up last summer out of nowhere and then immediately get a quest and then this yeah. summer show back up again cause yeah. a whole bunch of drama and then at, and then try and get another quest that like yeah i can see how that could cause like a lot of tension. and not only immediately get a quest but immediately get claimed within like the first couple weeks when yeah. like think about the hermes kids that aren't even hermes kids but they just have it no one has bothered to claim them 
exactly you know or like annabeth was there for seven years and how many others have been there for the same amount of time before they get because luke was really the only one in a very long time that had a quest and that was seven and years before percy showed up exactly six, six his, and his and his quest was a repeat of someone else's his yeah. was sort of just sort of like a uh, he described it as like he was being tossed a bone and then he mm-hmm. came back and he was just like well you had your shot that was it you this know, almost so has Hamilton vibes of like the obsession with like your legacy and doing something that seems worthwhile and memorable and not just being able to live your life, but, but needing to make something of it, which makes sense for this environment that they're put in. Exactly. You, it, it's living a normal life is almost like mentality. a disgrace. Yeah. yeah. The environment promotes that mentality. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's the, and especially for the year long campers, like it's for them, it's, Mm-hmm. probably dro- driven into them even more because they're yeah. not able to get out of camp and even if they're even like if they're all you do is train west. and then you never like Annabeth said like all I do is train here but the real world that's where you know if you're any good exactly and sometimes it's not even going out on a quest it's just going home mm-hmm. to live and some of these kids don't even get that shot yeah yeah this got really deep wow <laughs> wow but I will say that Percy does bring up the good point though that the dream about Grover that let them realize what's going on came to him as yes. like dreams have meaning. Yes. So does that mean that the gods or the fates or whoever chose Percy to be the one to go on this quest? Cause he was the one to dream, not Clarice, not Annabeth, not another random camper. It came to him. Yeah. And Grover did you point know? that out in the first book that your yeah. dream does dreams do dictate your mm-hmm. quest because when he had mentioned that he had been dreaming about Poseidon and uh, Zeus fighting, Grover was like, see, it is his quest. He was dreaming yeah. of it. Yeah, so, though I guess you could argue that it's just because of the empathy link and not a true like dream given by the gods. Exactly, yes. This is so, just Grover reaching that out is, to him. Yes. Anything that is true. Prophetic. prophetic. I love how I made a point and then like contradicted my own point and talked myself out of it. But no, that's good. You know, knowledge is important, kids. You can change your mind about things and not feel bad about it once you realize more stuff. Be yeah, willing to also, change I mean, your mind on positions. But I mean, it was less your idea and more you were bringing up Percy's idea. Yeah. Rebuttaling that, which is even better. <laughs> there we go. So, yes, yeah, so everyone's having this fight, and then Tantalus is like, oh, let's all be quiet. It's ghost story time, my dudes. But in a much more menacing way because. He would never say my dudes, but it's all good. Oh, I, I wish he had. <laughs> so anyway. And now we get BuzzFeed Unsolved. So Percy says that Tantalus is radiating this evil aura that's as strong as any monsters ever faced. Like it's about to go down. Like this dude is bad. We're going to finally learn why he was given this punishment where he can never eat all this stuff. So he, he technically never confirms that he's talking about himself even though he, that we is all true. Know he is but we all know it's about him we all know it's about him so he says that there was once a mortal king who was loved by the gods so much so that he was even allowed to go feast on mount olympus like big deal dude he tried to take back some ambrosia and nectar to figure out the recipe and the gods punished him for it they banned him from the halls he could never go back to olympus his own people mocked him. His children made fun of him. And he even like points the camper saying like they were horrible children, just like you. Making sure he points at Percy as well when he oh, does yeah. this. I'm assuming he pointed only at Tyson, Annabeth, and Percy. Yes. Like, like you, yeah. Yep. So then he asks all the campers if they know what he did. 
to his ungrateful children, how he got payback on the gods for what they did to him. He invites the Olympians for a feast to show you know, there's no hard feelings. It's all good. I can be mature about this. Let bygones be bygones. What are bygones? Because, <laughs> I don't really know. So the gods, you know, because they're gods, don't really pay attention to what's going on around them or notice that his children are missing. Mm-hmm. And then Tantalus says, when he served the gods dinner, my dear campers, can you guess what was in the stew? Yeah. Obviously his kids, everyone. Wow, I was just gonna heavily imply it. <laughs> no, I think it, I think it's more fun that way. Well, Tantalus doesn't say it, but every yeah, everyone sort of gets it. Everyone gets he, it. He obviously went to be like uh, the Hitchcock version of the Hitchcock uh, class on how to deal with mm-hmm. suspense and storytelling. Oh yeah, no, he, does, he does does a good job with this. And so then he says like, oh, the gods punished him in his afterlife. He had his moment of satisfaction. And rumor has that the king's spirit is now dwelling in this camp, waiting to take revenge on ungrateful, rebellious children. So are there any more complaints before we sing Clarice off? And, you know. Yeah, no one has a response quiet. to that. No, no <laughs> one's going to say anything. Everyone, <laughs> everyone gets it. Everyone's like, okay, bro, we get it. You're crazy. You can chill out a little bit. <laughs> And so Tant- cook us in a stew and not be able to eat us. <laughs> I mean, he could like force everyone else to eat it though. I mean, I feel like they wouldn't. If Dude, they I was- feel like I wouldn't be able to eat at camp again after that. Like, unless I had like the Stoll brothers sneak some food in for me. Cause I would be looking around like, okay, is everyone here? Is everyone here? Like someone may be, someone may be sick back in their cabin, but if I don't see them at the dining pavilion, I will not eat any of the food. <laughs> Because now he's put it out there. He's like, I've done it before. I will do it again. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I've never thought been... about it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about it now for the first time. You would need Travis and Connor to like run down to the convenience store and steal you some snacks to survive. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe make a secret garden somewhere. <laughs> Go on a plant-based diet. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go vegetarian because I don't want to accidentally eat one of my friends. Wait, what? Yep. <laughs> like, imagine going home and telling that to somebody like, "Oh, mm-hmm. why are you a vegetarian now?" Like, didn't want to accidentally eat my sibling. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yep. Like, so oh, yeah, relatable. Mm-hmm. No. So Tantalus also essentially reveals that Clarice is like his one true favorite, teacher's pet, all of that by saying like oh the oracle my dear you can go on and even she's like "Mm, i don't love this this is a bit much but she goes anyway i know what happened to the last child you favored i don't (laughs) but also like definitely not the kind of guy you want to be favored by oh yeah no like distance from him is good yep so tantalus of course is smart and says that like you can't leave without my permission like I didn't give you just by me not giving you the quest doesn't mean like you can just go off and do your own thing like there will be a curfew that the harpies are enforcing and they are always hungry yeah so again, more eating <laughs> yeah. of children yes and He's if you me sticking with it and if you do survive that you will be expelled forever which like I mean I guess technically he could have that authority because he is immortal and since but, he's I, but dead. I feel like he shouldn't 
He shouldn't have that authority. Yeah. He shouldn't he be able shouldn't. to ban you for life. He shouldn't, but also life isn't really that long of a time for him when he's already been dead for 2,000 years. Yeah, true. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Tyson and Percy go back to their cabin and they're both really sad. <laughs> and they have a lovely little heart-to-heart moment where Tyson asks, you, we learn here that Tyson is really, really smart and picks up on a lot of things because he immediately knows that Percy really wants to go on this quest still and yeah. says that he'll even he'll help Percy like he'll do whatever he can and in the meantime while they're talking about this stuff Tyson's working with some pieces of metal in his lap some like spare parts that Beckendorf gave him so he's just every night tinkering away bed. yes give me something to do like a nice little hobby on the side so every night apparently he's been working on whatever it is but Percy doesn't hasn't been able to see it yet and he and Tyson doesn't answer when Percy asks. And then Tyson, of course, again, being really aware of what's going on, says, like, Ameth doesn't like Cyclops. He's like, is that why you don't want me to go? Knowing that if they run off, like Percy and Ameth are going together for sure. So Tyson won't be included. <laughs> Just like, yeah, you're so mean to him. Also, the fact Percy that he- tries to like lie and be like. Meanwhile, Tyson's actually crying. And this makes Percy wonder if Cyclops is similar to like, Grover and Satyrs can like pick up on human emotions. Like if he can really tell that Percy doesn't I, I mean it. I don't think and that Amber doesn't like him. No, I think he's just aware and they're just way too obvious for their own good. Oh yeah, they're not hiding it well. No. And I don't even think they, and it's not like they are trying to hide it. So yeah. yeah. And so of course. Tyson is still sad and sort of turns toward the wall away from Percy where we see like these weird scars on his back and I think we mentioned them earlier on they had been yeah yeah and of course like Percy still doesn't know like what happened but it's like definitely something bad happened to him before and now that Percy knows that he's a Cyclops like that changes the mentality of what it could be yeah well also it makes him think about Poseidon and like how good of a person or god can he be because tyson says like he must have like daddy's always cared for me like now i feel like he was like mean for me to exist like i shouldn't have been born like everything's terrible and yeah. percy tries to support him, like ty- like design claimed it must mean he cares but at the same time percy's starting to think about the life that tyson had and how could tyson think that Poseidon actually cares for him by letting him live alone like by cyclops standards he's still very very young and he was living alone in the streets was attacked by whatever that thing is so does being claimed like really make up for that yeah yeah and a lot of ways not like not a lot of ways but in some ways it's similar to like what percy and sally went through of like poseidon said like she was like a queen but also let her live with a guy that actually abused her exactly you know like it's it's not it's not a good good look you know it's like um yeah how can he (sighs) yeah i don't even know how to say it but you said it great yeah yeah well even like um percy does say like what kind of dad let any would let any of this happen to his kid even if his kid was a monster which like tyson isn't a monster seriously but whatever (laughs) um yeah and so like percy does try to support and be like don't worry like everyone will get used to you like it'll be okay but of course tyson's already sleeping so he doesn't hear this part but like 
also everyone could just be like more chill in the beginning and everything would be fine yeah but whatever um, and then percy tries to go to sleep but then he has the frightening thought of if i go to bed and grover dies what happens you to die me? in the game you'll die in real life exactly <laughs> um, yep so he ends up sort of like looking outside and thinking about uh like he, he then says something things about how like if can even clarice save us like i don't he then like just says that's not likely which is so annoying because clarice is great like she's mm-hmm. i feel like she can do it he just doesn't believe well it. i think it's just it's a lot to put on her shoulders like it's a very big quest she doesn't have the empathy link with grover so then that could play a role into it of being able to find him getting updates like because percy can get updates essentially from grover about what's going on whereas clarice doesn't have access to that yeah she has the coordinates but that's really it and also percy doesn't like her which like makes sense she does bully him um but just like it it is a very very big task that she is being handed um so percy decides to deal with all this anxiety and thinking by breaking out and uh going to sit on the beach with a six pack of coke which he had smuggled real coke real coke which he had smuggled into camp by paying off a dude in the hermes cabin and he heads out to the beach so he he also i also love that he brings a blanket with him so instead of just sitting in the sand he brings a little blanket and he sits down and he's staring up at the stars and he's trying to think of what to do and all of a sudden he hears a voice talking to him and he turns and this dude is standing next to him uh, in running shorts and a New York marathon t-shirt, uh, like a skinny but fit guy with salt and pepper hair and kind of like a sly smile. And Percy is like, I feel like I know you, but I don't know from where. And Percy is like, um, how'd you get in here? But the dude is being so like nonchalant about it that he's just kind of like, Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. So the dude ends up sitting next to Percy. Don't trust strangers, kids. If someone wants to sit next to you, you get up and leave. Go find an adult that you know and trust. Don't, what don't let this happen in real Percy life. Talk to right now at camp. He could go back to his cabin and lock the door. Yeah, true. I was gonna say there isn't really an adult he could go to. His <laughs> if I'm saying in real life, don't do this, kids. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So this dude, um, Percy ends up sharing a Coke with him and they start talking and all of a sudden his cell phone goes off and he's like a little annoyed by that. He takes out his phone and there's, he extends the antenna on it because this is, you know, 2006 or seven or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are green snakes on the end of it. And the dude sort of doesn't even uh, notice that. And he ends up picking up the phone and he has this conversation with this dude about how some guy is chained to a rock with vultures picking at his liver, um, but he doesn't have a uh, tracking number so they can't locate the pack. It doesn't even matter that it's a gift to humankind. Uh, he's got to talk to Eris and customer service, which if you know, you know. Um, and Percy is like, um, you have snakes on your phone. And the <laughs> dude's like, ah, oh, yeah, George and Martha, say hello. Um, and then they, Percy hears them, hears these voices talking in his head and he's like this, that's weird. Um, Percy, the dude sort of like asked Percy, like, do you have a favorite constellation? And Percy's like, I like Hercules. Um, you know, he had rotten luck, even worse than mine. It makes me feel better. And the dude's like, that's an interesting, uh, theory. Um, 
And then the snake, Martha, one of the snakes, starts talking about how Demeter is on long line two and the dude is trying to like get out of it. And Percy finally is like, so um, who are you? <laughs> and the dude is like, you haven't, you haven't figured it out yet? What the, you haven't figured it out? You haven't figured out who I am? Um, so he takes out his phone and says, original form, please. And it turns into a caduceus, the symbol of cabin 11. And Percy figures it out. You're Luke's father, Hermes. And Hermes, what a great way to start off. Yeah. Hermes is like, I've never really uh, been introduced as Luke's father, but I guess, I guess that works. Um, Hermes is, then the snakes, George and Martha start arguing and per- Hermes like sort of like sh- tries to shush them. Um, I will say that going back to how Percy referred to him it's not like he says that works he seems like annoyed by it. like it says he purses his lips and says Luke's father normally it's not how people introduce yeah. me so I guess is- he's not really one you can be too proud of these days but it's also I think they're the gods are never really referred to as yeah no it's, it's definitely disrespectful father. but I think also just saying Luke's father versus like Travis and Connor's father you know yeah, like there's a difference there different vibes like, so often and I mean Luke was always a little annoyed about the fact that he had to introduce himself it always seemed like as Luke mm-hmm. son of Hermes so it's kind of yeah. like a little bit of like a dig at Hermes mm-hmm. of like oh Hermes father of Luke like yeah. you know, they always get referred to as child of daughter yeah. of son of so to regulate their parents to father of mother of parent of is sort of like a dig back at them saying like because the children are in a way only relevant because of who they're related to so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a way to say like yeah exactly yeah um yeah and Hermes starts to try and like ask him like what are you going to do about the quest and Percy's like well I can't do it I can't go on it I get permission so Hermes says no I'll tell you a story once but one time, this boy, when his mother wasn't watching, snuck out of his cave and stole some cattle that belonged to Apollo. Um, and everything turned out quite well, because uh, to make up for his theft, the boy gave Apollo an instrument called the lyre. Um, and Apollo was so enchanted with it, he forgot about being angry. And Percy's like, so what's the moral of the story? And Hermes is like, it's a true story. It doesn't have the moral. It's just, mm-hmm. It just is. But at the same time, you like, could interpret it as if something good comes out of it it's sort of like the whole like don't ask permission ask for forgiveness and if you do a good job then everyone will sort of be cool with it yeah exactly as long as as long as it turns out okay it's okay yeah yeah so basically saying like if if you go and accomplish what needs to be accomplished then like no one's gonna care exactly if you save the camp literally no one will care how it happened so then um Percy was like, so you're saying I should go anyway? And Hermes goes, Martha, may I have the package, please? The first package, please? So Martha, one of the snakes, opens up her mouth and vomits out, I guess, a stainless steel canister, sort of like an old-fashioned uh, lunchbox thermos with like the, plas- the plastic stop- top on the, on the, the plastic top. Um, and there are like scenes from ancient Greek stories um of uh, Hercules and uh, Poseidon Hermes says that it's a collector's item from Hercules bust heads the first season 
uh, which was a great show back on Hephaestus TV, which also Percy has been on, if you remember from the first book. Um, so Percy picks it up and it, on one side it's cold and the other one it's burning hot. And as he turns it around, the cold side always faces the ocean, which is north. So Percy realizes that it's a compass. And Hermes is like, oh, I've never thought that it could be a compass, but actually it uh, has the winds from the four corners of the earth in it. So do not open it until you absolutely need it and open it only a little bit, not a lot. Very um, important to remember, folks. Very important to remember. Uh, George then vomits up the second gift, which is a plastic, a little tiny plastic bottle filled with chewable vitamins. Uh, some are minotaur shaped. The grape ones are furies. And basically they have essential vitamins, um, everything you need to feel yourself again. And that's all he Interesting says. Interesting word choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Grover, or not Grover, sorry, I was looking at the page oh. where Grover appeared on the page, so I said that. Um, so Percy asks, like, so why are you helping me? Like, what's the catch? You know, Annabeth had told him last, last quest that, like, you know, there's a saying in ancient Greek, which I don't remember the ancient Greek, but the translation is basically, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So what's the catch? What yeah. situation does this mean? And Hermes sort of just smiles and says, I hope that you can save many people on this quest, not just your friend Grover. And Percy is like, you can't mean Luke because he told me he wanted to tear Olympus down stone by stone. He betrayed everybody. He hates everybody. He is He's too far gone. Yeah. And Hermes just says, I've been alive for eons. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's that you can't give up on family. It doesn't matter if they hate you or embarrass you or simply don't appreciate your genius. It doesn't matter because of the, you have to, you can never give up on family. I mean, in some ways that makes sense because most of his family is immortal. So he is literally stuck with them forever. And I think it's I a think different perspective on them being yeah. all immortal in that situation. But mm -hmm. that is also a terrible message because at a certain yeah. point, you have to give up on family, I feel like. You cannot just <laughs> be connected to people because you're uh, genetically or biologically related to them. I don't know if the mic will pick it up, but I am snapping in agreement, folks. <laughs> Wholeheartedly support this point by Lauren. I think that that's true for literally anyone, like separate from this whole discussion with like, Luke and Hermes and their terrible relationship but just the idea that no matter what don't give up on someone like no 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 not saying like f off to everybody you've ever met but like don't put yourself at risk or at the expense of any chance of happiness or well-being or whatever for someone else yeah. you know like like support people in your life and like encourage them to do things and whatever but if there are people that for whatever reason are not healthy safe etc for you to be around don't continue to do it for the sake of the word family yeah you know exactly yeah and I think Luke counts as someone in that category oh yeah but at the same time like I guess it is nice to see that the gods, or at least this god, does care about Luke and wants to see him sort of brought back over to the good side and taken out from Kronos's influence. Like, it's almost like he can sort of understand 
where Luke is coming from and wants to have a chance to be able to correct things. It's just, he doesn't know how. Yeah, and it's also, you know? we talk about a lot with the stupid rules. So we don't know how many yeah. of the gods support those rules. Yeah. Even if they have to follow it, we don't know how mm-hmm. many of them actively agree and want to participate in those rules and how many are only following the rules because they have mm-hmm. to do it they're doing their or if or if he just rules. feels like luke wouldn't listen to him anyway so maybe like one of his peers would be able to get through him more easily than hermes himself could yeah you know um but yeah uh, this this chapter is getting so deep oh is. my god um, Hermes uh, then says, um, by the way, well, I have to be going. Um, You have a shorter uh, deadline than you realize, and your friends should be on their way. And Percy can hear Annabeth and Tyson yelling for him as he then, Hermes then snaps his fingers and three little duffel bags appear and says, don't worry, they're uh, waterproof. Um, And if you ask nicely, your father should help you reach the ship. And he points out there is a, um big cruise ship cutting across long island sound uh at the moment and apparently that's his ride um and percy is like um i haven't even agreed to go and hermes is like well you have five minutes before the harpies eat you so good night cousin and dare i say it may the gods be with you and then just Oh, and then he, oh, he slips the, he changed the, I thought he had, like, disappeared. No, he takes the caduceus, turns it back into his cell phone, and jogs uh, off down the beach so until he shimmers and vanishes, leaving him, leaving Percy alone with a thermos, a bottle of chewable vitamins, and five minutes to make an impossible decision. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, is chapter seven. Yeah. Oh, I think it also, he also said that, um, Annabeth and Tyson were like coming up over the dunes as well. So like the yeah. harpies are coming for him. His friends are coming for him. Like he's, he's got a little bit of time to make this decision Yeah, about what they're going to do. So, yeah. so we'll big, see stuff. big yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So will, will they, or won't they? It's, it's will the they big question they? that we're leaving this on. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you think. <laughs> I, mean, um, I think it's pretty obvious what's yeah. going to happen, but you know. Yeah. And then tune in next week for chapter eight. We board the Princess Andromeda. Ooh. Ooh, um, so thank you for listening to this yes. uh, 50 minute episode. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and have a good one. Bye. Bye. everyone it's Lachlan again thanks for listening to another episode of we accidentally vaporized our podcast lauren told me to tell you to follow our one and only social media account at accidentally vaporized pod on instagram to get updates about when we post a new episode to learn more about lauren and i and anything else we might come up with see you there soon